Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, everybody, it's The Damage War. I'm John Arola, and it being a Friday and all, I checked, made sure it is. Brett Ehrlich joins as host of the Happy Half Hour. How's it going, Brett? Thank goodness, because I just sign on every morning just in case I'm supposed to be on, and I wait, and four out of five times, I'm disappointed. But on that Friday, you make it worth it, Johnny boy. There's got to be like some way, maybe with technology to figure it out. And we just Neither of us can can make it happen. But anyway, I'm glad to have you here because you're supposed to be, but also because there's a lot of interesting news out there. A lot of it weirdly having to do with religion. So that's gonna be fun as it always is. But anyway, how have you been? You excited to talk some news? I know that you're about to take a trip abroad. I am very excited. I will not be on the show, however, for two consecutive weeks. And so mm. whatever you need mm. to do, watch these videos six or seven times. Get you through it, you know. Cling a little harder. All the damage report, uh, Dragon Squad. Just, just cling a little harder to that body pillow with my face on it that you all have made. I think it'll be all right. I'm shocked you have not sold that merch yet. But anyway, yes, just watch the old videos and pretend they're new, or drink a lot before you watch the videos. It could hamper the brain's ability to store uh, short-term memories and long-term memory storage. Unless you get drunk again later, then it all comes flooding back. You have to, it's like in college when you did all the Ritalin and you had to do the Ritalin again to get back to where you were when you were studying. I think we've all been there, except for except for me. But anyway, um, you know, we only have you for this week, for several weeks. So, uh, and God only knows when you come back, what you're gonna be like after two weeks of um, absorbing the local culture and coming back Probably speaking mainly Japanese. Yeah, I'm so, um, so that's going to be a fun experience for all of us. But for now, I want to make the most of Brett's presence. So we are going to jump into a bunch of stories. We're going to be talking about Donald Trump talking to Christian broadcasters and some of the horrendous stuff he said there. We've got an updated special edition of the Brain Rot Report. That's always fun for me. We'll see if everyone else enjoys it too. Who is tough on Putin? We're going to debate it and we're going to check in on the state of the Arizona Senate race. Some good news and some bad news there. And if there's time to close out the show in the aftermath, we'll be talking about some of the weirder displays and merch available at CPAC this year. But first, we have Donald Trump, a guy who has lost multiple lawsuits, makes him look kind of like a fraud, maybe like a bad guy. He is trying to, I think, revamp his image, particularly for Christians. Take a look at this. As you know, the left is trying to shame Christians. They try and shame us, us. I'm a very proud Christian, actually. I've been very busy <laughs> fighting and, you know, taking the, the bullets, taking the arrows. I'm taking them for you, and I'm so honored to take them. You have no idea. I'm being indicted for you, as I say. I'm being indicted over and over and over. 
the, the guy has one mission, just pretend that you're a Christian, pretend that you believe in God or the Bible or any of that stuff, and he can barely do it. He says, us, I'm, I'm a Christian, I've been busy, I've been busy. It's like he gets so like nervous that he knows he should be criticized for that, for lying. He thinks immediately, I mean, I haven't been to church in forever. In fact, Christians who want, who desperately want to believe that I'm religious have to turn to AI, I'll remind you, to pretend that Donald Trump prays, if you wanna bring up this image. Um, that has six fingers because it isn't a photo of him praying because you don't have photos of him actually praying because he's not a Christian. But he immediately backtracks to like, I, I've been busy, that's why I'm not going and something, something slings and arrows. You know, I'm taking those for you. You know, those times that you committed massive business fraud in New York and those times that you sexually abused E. Jean Carroll and then defamed her for years. You all did that. They're just coming for me, I guess, in place of you. I don't know. But anyway, he does know how to, I guess, fix the situation, how to really get the Christians on his side. And that is playing into this fantasy of perpetual victimhood. Watch this. Let's call these brave Americans what they really are, persecuted Christians. They're being persecuted. And let's call their imprisoned and imprisonment. They are being imprisoned by Joe Biden and his people, evil people. He's surrounded by very evil people. The moment I win the election, I will appoint a special task force to rapidly review the cases of every political prisoner who has been unjustly victimized by the Biden regime. Never again will the federal government be used to target religious believers. They are targeting religious believers. Now, maybe I have brain rot, but which president was in charge when the federal government literally banned a religion from coming into America? I think it was Hoover. Maybe it was Coolidge, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, he's he's bad at this. You can see there, he's stumbling and bumbling over his words and everything. And in this case, I don't even know that that's necessarily brain rot. He's not a Christian, he doesn't believe any of this stuff and he has no respect for people who do, so it's hard for him to sell it. But we produced a little mashup of him trying to give them some red meat. We're gonna play that for you and then Brett, I want your evaluation of it. Take a look at this. Stand is that in the end, we do not answer to bureaucrats in Washington. We answer to God in heaven, we do, we answer to God in heaven. So today I come before you as a friend and an ally and a fellow believer to ask for your help and your support and your prayers for this country. We need your prayers most importantly. I supported school prayer, very important school prayer, which we forced, unfortunately had to force into some schools. It should be very easy. You would think it would be very easy, but it wasn't, but we did it. I will protect the content that is pro-God. We're going to protect pro-God context and content. To that end, at the request of the NRB, I will do my part to protect AM radio in our cars. You know, we like to listen to AM radio. You're going to believe in God because God is here and God is watching. God is watching. And God probably can't believe what he's seeing. I, I think most of the people in that room think that everything is happening to God's plan, his divine plan for everything. God is not often surprised by what's happening, but I love the idea of promoting 
Uh, Christian context, I mean content, where am I? What year is it? I'm critical, Brett, because you know I think an atheist knows an atheist when they see one and that dude's a definite atheist. But what do you think about that? Would they buy it? Should that they buy it? You know, everybody has their favorite people, you know what I mean? Like people that you like. And there's always that moment where your favorite person just lets you down. Mm -hmm. And you have that decision to make where it's like, oh my God, do I love them through it? Or do I realize that I've been had by someone that I, I used to look up to, but I essentially met my hero and they melted all my hope in them. <laughs> and this has got to be that, man. Because there's two options if you want to think it through. One is that they're utterly delusional. The Christian people who have Trump to support them, or they're strictly utilitarian, which is not very religious. Mm -hmm. But essentially, if they say, I've given up on like government to save me or for me to really love thoroughly my, my uh, leaders, and at least they're thinking Trump overturned Roe versus Wade, which he absolutely did, and that's enough for them. So maybe they're thinking like, as maybe they're just thinking, yeah, that's that's him. He he's like this. I understand. I'm not hoping for too much. I hope he gets back to some of the other red meat that I do like, and not this disingenuous yeah. Jesus stuff. Well, then I wonder in that case, and I think a lot of them have made that calculation, whether they know that they have or not. But I wonder then if they're seeing him being like, I'm a, I'm a, you call yourselves Christians. I'm that. I'm that thing. I wonder if many of them are like. Whatever, just give us another Supreme Court justice, you lion. I wonder if that's what's going on. But yeah, no, I mean that like that this is, really I mean, happened. Just this is this is what he wants you to course. think it is. It's so weird. This it's is what so weird to think that this is who he is that he cares about <laughs> any of this. He sits on a toilet made of gold, people. I'm pretty sure the Bible explicitly talks about that and not in a positive fashion. Please don't have that on the side of my screen. But like, what do you, do you think they really think that he is godlike, like godly or whatever the adjective they use? Like, he's a godly man. Do you think they believe it, John? They think, look, it's all like Biden is is obviously Christian, but he's a bad guy, so he doesn't get to be. It's like it's the true Scotsman thing. That's all it is. It, you're not good because you have demonstrated you're a Christian. You're good in my view for other stuff. So, eh, you can be Christian as a tree. I think that's what's going on. And I was able to bring this issue. For the first time in 54 years, back to the states where everybody agrees on both sides. Everybody agrees that's where it should be, back in the states. It was so important. Everybody on both sides. And they are the radicals. Remember this. Okay, so that is Donald Trump telling one thing that is true and then two massive lies. He killed Roe v. Wade. If not for Donald Trump, Roe v. Wade would still be law. You would not have a 6-3 conservative core. They would not be coming for IVF. They wouldn't be coming for birth control and all the things that they will. So that is honest. The other two things are insane lies. First of all, remember, they're the radicals. That's just fear talking. That is him and the other Republicans who are terrified because they know the American people don't fundamentally agree with them. And they're really worried about the continuing electoral consequences of that. But the second thing, Everybody agreed. Everybody thought that was awesome, which is why I'm not at all terrified of what's going to happen. And that's why it hasn't produced any backlash against Republicans ever since. Libs, commies, hippies, they all love the death of Roe v. Wade. 
What the hell are you talking about? That is bigger brain. I mean, look, it's dishonesty, really. But if we are supposed to believe that he thinks the words he's saying are true, that's worse brain rot than anything I've ever seen out of Dark Brandon. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is his biggest liability. I hate when he gets up there and is like, everybody agrees that we should have put the power back in the hands of the states. No. Do you want to put like your freedom of religion back in the states? No. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of the Bill of Rights. They're the whole, the first 10 amendments to the Constitution were the thing without which no one would have ratified the damn thing. And they had to do that, guaranteeing you rights on a national level. We like that. When you're setting down the basic standard of what it's supposed to be to be American, like you can say how much our, our income tax is per state. You can tell people like how fast the speed limit is for, per state. But your own bodily autonomy, your right to choose, that is something that we as Americans should agree on. And by the way, we do agree on it. Yes. So he's lying. Most people think women should have the right to choose. Or at the very least, let me put it in terms that conservatives can understand, the government needs to butt the hell out and let the individual make the individual's yeah. own choice. 100%. And I knew that you would hate that clip because you, of course, have your segment, Most Americans Agree. So yeah. for him to lie about it. Also, um, can we just like, let's be, let's keep it real. Nobody thinks that everything should be up to the states. Everybody at the end of the day thinks that things should be up to the states that they have not yet won on at the federal level. They don't want gun rights to entirely be up to the states because they think they've won with the Constitution, with the Second Amendment. It is only on the things that they haven't yet won. And there's like, it's the, I'm not, I don't even have to like try to convince you that it's dishonesty. What he just said is dishonesty because he said, everybody wants it to be the states. No longer will the federal government get involved. The states can decide. Now let's get the federal government involved because I'm gonna remind you, he is talking about a federal abortion ban. So we kill Roe v. Wade, send it back to the states. And then for the ones who don't ban it at the state level, Screw you guys, we're banning it at the federal level. It is so fundamentally dishonest. Never believe them when they say anything about states' rights. They want to win in whatever form they can. Sometimes it's at the state level, sometimes at the federal level, sometimes thanks to the SCOTUS. They only care about winning. There is no principle about the division of powers between different levels of the government. It's completely artificial. Yeah. Now, in addition to the religious stuff, I think that Donald Trump's brain degradation is not just bad, worrisome, it's accelerating, okay? And I think it's because he's having to speak more. I think he is falling apart from the rigorous schedule of campaigning slash being sued a thousand times a week. So don't trust me, don't just take my word for it. Here's the guy himself. The people are pouring over. It's sort of known as Steak Mountain, State Kill, Snake. It's snakes, a lot of snakes. I think they're rattlesnakes. Between the rattlesnakes and the rough terrain and the steepness, they said nobody's coming. The people are coming over by the thousands. And then they had the Mueller report and it came in, no collusion. But I could have told them that on day one. And they would have known that on day one. They should have known it because they had the laptop from hell, so they should have known it. That was, you have to say, that was truly the laptop from hell, wasn't it? You know, if you think about it, you have men, you have women, and you have religion. If you look at it, you have more than the men, you have more than the women. 
You have such power. They're taking the parks from children. There are no more baseball fields, no more soccer fields, no more anything. It's, it doesn't sound very serious. Knocker fields and baseball fields are very serious. I agree with him. Knocker fields are very serious. I don't know what they are. I think that he's dreamt about it a lot. But if they ever did exist, I don't think children should be allowed on knocker fields. That was utter insanity. And Republicans will watch that and say, yeah, Biden's the one with the problem. Stake Mountain, Stake Hill, Snake Hill, Snakes, Rattlesnakes. What are you talking about? What he has no idea what he's talking about. And then the Mueller report, they should have, they should have known no collusion because of the Hunter Biden laptop years in the future on a totally different topic. That is, that's Nancy Pelosi, Nikki Haley getting mixed up again. He does not have any idea. There's no barrier between the different parts of his brain that are supposed to encapsulate different topics, different people. It's just all flowing like loosely together. His brain is a chaotic casserole at this point. And how does other people not see it, Brett? What do you think? We've got to get these mother snakes off this field mountain in whatever. Knockers thing in the sky. I don't know where it is. Like, what is happening? <laughs> and it's like, listen, when I watch, and there's a lot of Democrats who look at Joe Biden and go, like, my guy needs to take at least like a caffeine pill or something. Kind of maybe he's better in the morning. Like, but are <laughs> there any are there any Republicans who are looking at him and just like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Like there are no consecutive words that build a sentence. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, my friends, Trump does this same speech everywhere. Yep. It is not like he's coming up with it all uh, you know, extemporaneously. He and and the other thing is they always gave Obama crap because they're like, he can only do it because it's on the prompter. Trump can't even do it, and it's on the prompter. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, and yeah, because he can't see. Look, there's a, there's a lot of different things here. He's super old. He's super tired. He's literally never cared about his health is in, in his entire life. He's also super vain. So the dude clearly needs glasses. Refuses to wear them. So he has a teleprompter that says Christian content. He thinks it says context, and then he just has to roll with it. He's the word was snake. And he read steak and then he tripped over the steak that was in his own brain. It's just, he's so fundamentally flawed in so many different ways. And and the thing that's amazing to me is chat GPT, these like generative AI models, literally the only thing that technology fundamentally does is it has been trained to know if these are the words I have, what word should go next? It, and it's desperately trying to do that because humans know how to do that. Sorry, most humans know how to do that because that is the biggest problem for Donald Trump is he does not know what word to say next. And he doesn't know why he said the words that he already said. And so then he just has to come up with something. And the people in the audience are like, yep, nope, snake, snake mountain knockers, knockers in the field, all that's that's all good. That dude should be in charge of our nuclear arsenal. But it's like I it's like a comedian who at that point really wants to do new material. That's what it feels like. <laughs> and then the, he notices the audience 
going kind of like somewhere else and not really paying attention and him losing it and not having it. So he just is like, here's my catchphrase. Wah, wah, <laughs> wee, wah. And he just does the like, that was a bad laptop. <laughs> Let me play a hit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if Sheldon like <laughs> couldn't remember all the lines about Thor he's supposed to say. So then he just turns to the camera and says, bazinga. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what Are we having fun yet? And they are. They oh, yeah, are having fun. Good God. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we need to turn to not the people who are like pretending to be Christians so they can change the government. I want to talk about the Christians who have already changed our government after this. By the way, I don't normally do this outside of the social break, but I, I want to, I don't know if Fidel Castor Oil, do you have a blue apron gift card? Because in response to the brain rot special update that we gave, he just posted on Twitch, Boom Hauer sound an ass. I like I that. Know what that that's is. You know, that's the throwback to um, Hank Hill. And oh, I don't watch. I never watched anyway, that show. I wish I did. I didn't watch it a ton, but it's a funny reference either way. Um, Fidel Castro Oil does not have a blueprint gift card, which is not true anymore because you just got one. Send an email to rewards at TIT.com with your handle. They'll get you set up. And with that, here is more news. Do you have a reaction to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on the fact that embryos are children? Yeah, I was all for it. We need to have more kids. We need to have an opportunity to do that. And this, I thought this was the right thing to do. But IVF is used to have more children. And right now, IVF services are paused at some of the clinics in Alabama. Aren't you concerned that this could impact people who are trying to have kids? Well. That's for that's for another conversation. People need to have that. We need more kids. We need the people to to have the opportunity to have kids. Senator, what do you say to the women right now in Alabama who no longer have access to IVF or who will not as a result of this? What do you say to them? Well, well that's a hard one. Tommy Tuberville is a dumbass. That was one of the most amazing interviews I've ever seen of a senator. He knows. Like generally, I'm for life, right? So this is a right wing thing that a Christian dude did. So I like it, even though it goes directly against the argument I'm making. So it's great. I love it. Oh, wait, it doesn't do that. Then that's a conversation for a different time when I can learn what I'm supposed to say. And then and then that's a hard one. Well, for him, it was a hard one. It's a hard one for anyone who doesn't actually have values and principles that are informed by an actual understanding of what's going on and instead just spouts off catchphrases that they think they'll get cheered for. Brett, what do you think about Tommy Tuberville? So we Tuber, Tommy Tuberville is the line. He's on this side of the line that Herschel Walker was on that side of. <laughs> and you now know how generously that line was drawn for absolute moron football people. Like my friend, his brother always he played the piano. His friend always used his brother used to make fun of him, say, like, you do everything like a piano player. Like you are a set, you you senate, you legislate like a football coach. Like you know nothing <laughs> about the laws that you yourself have been trusted by the people to write. Like they don't, it just, it's just, it's just word vomit. It's yeah. them so confident that they know what's going on. And, and everybody should realize that what's happening there it kind of applies to most political ideologies. The more pure you get in it, the more you realize you shouldn't have like this pure 
in ideology because then you turn into an insane zealot. You yeah. end up legislating yourself into a box where now IVF is illegal. Yeah. Like yeah. someone yeah. in a lab pipetting things in, and no human being would look at that and be like, that is a person. Oh, a frozen embryo. That's a human being. I mean, you're implying people who think. Instead, we have people like Tommy Tuberville, who does not. Um, but like none of this makes literally any sense. It, th there's a reason why people like him are like stumbling over themselves because it's not a consistent ideology. It doesn't make any sense. So as many people are throwing out all these hypotheticals. So if a power company cuts the power to the place and a bunch of the embryos die, is it mass murder? Yes. Obviously not. No, well, I mean, I guess, I guess it is according to them. Uh, my mom texted me and she was like, so if I have some embryos in cold storage, can I claim them as dependents on my taxes? None of this makes any sense because they don't mean it. The 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 whack job right wing zealot in the Alabama Supreme Court that did this, and we'll get to that Joker in a little bit, didn't think this through and thinks, you know what? No matter what road this takes us down, I stand by the fact that it's a person. He thought, okay, um, I really want to take away people's rights, and I have this brief opportunity. I'm gonna take it. I jump in it, and that's what he did, and that's why they're they're tripping over themselves. And it's not just Tommy Toberville, by the way. Nikki Haley got in trouble after the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on IVF because she came out with some quotes saying that it was the right decision that embryos are children or whatever. It turns out that's kind of inconsistent with her own personal history, but we're going to give her a chance to try to repair the damage. The Supreme Court there said that embryos created through IVF are considered children and are offered those same protections. Do you agree? I mean, I think. I mean, embryos to me are babies. So even I mean, those created through IVF. I mean, I had artificial insemination. Yeah. That's how I had my son. So when you look at, you know, one thing is to have um, to save sperm or to save eggs. But when you talk about an embryo, you are talking about to me um, that's a life. I didn't say that I agreed with the Alabama ruling. What the question that I was asked is, do I believe an embryo is a baby? I do think. That if you look in the definition, an embryo is considered an unborn baby. And so, yes, I believe from my stance that that is. The difference is, and this is what I say about abortion as well, we need to treat these issues with the utmost respect. The way that you show respect to this issue is by keeping the hell out of other people's business. And you would think that Nikki Haley, having literally gone through this process herself, would be a little bit more understanding of the fact that this ruling is not something for like people like to debate as a philosophical thing. Right now, people's IVF procedures are on hold. There was an interview I saw of a woman who has spent two years and $50,000 trying desperately through IVF to have children. And now, God only knows what'll happen. Maybe that's just $50,000 lost because Nikki Haley, who doesn't agree with the ruling, but does agree that the ruling is right, that embryos are children. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. You went through this. Nobody has ever gone through IVF having had the IVF procedure assist in producing one embryo. There are always lost embryos, sometimes many lost embryos, and those apparently were people. According to Nikki Haley, according to Nikki Haley's own position, she was a party to murder. 
multiple instances of murder. And I feel crazy even saying this because this is such a stupid position to hold. But that is a position that she feels she needs to hold because she's a Republican, even though she herself has had IVF. And I will remind you before you weigh in, Brett, we said they were going to come for IVF and they were going to come from birth control. And all those right wing pundits, the complete liars that they are, were like, no, do that. Now let's do it. And they're doing it. And this is how they do it. And yes, it's fun for us to point to Tommy Tuberville and Nikki Haley and how they're being utterly inconsistent. They look like buffoons. But it already is effectively law in Alabama. And now other states are trying to do it too, Brett. Yeah, it's like, what role does your ideology serve in you in your life? Because you said that they don't believe this stuff. They do, I think they do believe it, but they believe it in the way that they believe in their religion. Like it makes them feel good. The problem is when, and the reason that we set America up the way we did originally, or like the founding fathers or whatever, is because I don't want that dynamic where your religion that makes you feel good can make my life a living hell simply by virtue of like you wanting to feel a little better about this ethereal place that you have in a situation that does not affect you at all whatsoever. The desire to feel morally superior and and be like, hmm, you know, I want to be completely unified in my ideology, my religion being my entire country. Like that, that's I I that we can't have that be how America functions. And that's how it is. And mm-hmm. and I, that goes for many, many issues in America. There's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm going to remove myself from the practicalities. Part of my own mental well-being hinges on me being able to sit there scrolling through Twitter and being like, I'm morally superior to all these people. And then they go and try to get legislation that backs that up. No, 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 no. That is not how we should be. That's why I like progressivism is an overarching um, idea for how to create a society. And that is just simply ground rules that protect people from crap like that. It's just it. Utter Matt, like how the hell have we? It's 2024. We have amazingly a technology that is the work of I can't even imagine how many people. So that theoretically, with a lot of trouble and a lot of work and a lot of money, you can have a kid when you otherwise couldn't. The thing that they say they want you to do is to have more kids. Thanks to science, thanks to technology. Yeah, but there's this dude in the Alabama Supreme Court that like read a book and uh, not very closely, he's misinterpreting it. But uh, the book was written a few thousand years ago, so screw all that. You don't get to do that, and maybe no condoms because God. The, like the, this, this is what we face as a country. Okay, we can go down the road of science and technology and compassion for people, or ah, it makes me feel good to take away your rights. I really like that. I want to do that. Actually, I want to. I want to do that. And by the way, we're going to get to in one second, just briefly, uh, a Republican who disagrees with this. We're going to give them credit. But first, uh, Trump isn't weighing in on this. Remember, he's an utter coward. Uh, he never tells it like it is. He tells it like he thinks he can after studying the crowd. Um, Tim Scott asked about this. Says, I haven't studied the issue, so I'm going to let Nikki Haley continue to go back and forth on that issue. That is literally him just yeah. saying. I'm terrified of saying the wrong thing, so I'll let her say the wrong thing. Utter cowardice. But Matt Gates has warned that this is not a good path to go down for the right. 
The Republican Party cannot be the party against family formation. Something is totally wrong. The people who want to have a family should have the government and the law on their side. And the notion that discarded embryos and an IVF somehow turn these people who want children and want families and want the American dream into criminals is really wrong. Now, he's wrong on other stuff having to do with this issue, but right there, he's right and reasonable when few other Republicans are being. So, right. And this exposes what's wrong with the way that they are having the argument. They are now in a position where they're like, at what point does it, these people who told you that life begins at conception are now telling you that like Matt Gates is, is in a position within the Republican Party where he says life doesn't begin at conception. What are we going to do? Move it back to viability? Because that's the only thing that really is the next step when it's viable to exist outside the body. Well, that's what Roe versus Wade was. That was yep. the decision. It hinged on viability. It put together a bunch of rules as to when you could and couldn't have abortions based on viability and carved out some other areas. But basically, that was it. That's what we had. And you guys ruined it. Yeah. And now it's going to be Matt Gates who said you know, that contingent of the party is going to be a contingent within the Republican Party who was all about like we need to ban abortion. Now they're in this scenario, which amplifies how insane their arguments are. Someone in that party is now on the outs because he basically revealed how stupid the entire argument was in the first place. Just didn't they, I think in Handmaid's Tale, didn't they lock someone up because they'd used IVF? Like, I don't know. And, I, and that brings me to what who I think really is at fault. And I think fast, I can really fast. bridge the divides here. We need to think about who's at fault for an embryo not coming to term. And it's the embryo. I think we need to hold them responsible. And so for every IVF embryo that is not carried to term, it's not the mom's fault that the baby was such a wuss bag it couldn't survive. So I think that that embryo is essentially committing suicide. So I think we need to prosecute the lost embryos. And you know what the price should be? Life. Give them the death penalty. That's how much I value life. We need to kill the dead embryos. Same with the 16-week abortion ban. Treat them like Elian Gonzalez. If it gets its feet on American soil, it's a person. These are refugees. Give them asylum if they're born. I'm going to take the position of Tim Scott. I'm just going to let Brett go back and forth on all that. Anyway, make me VP, please. Uh, really fast, we don't have time to focus on this, uh, but you just need to know, uh, we live in a country where a guy like Alabama Chief Justice Tom Parker can uh, decide that this is what the law is going to be. After talking about the wrath of a holy God in speeches and uh, oh, he's also close ally of Roy Moore, that's fun. Oh, Also, he recently appeared on a QAnon conspiracy show. So they're not special, they're not smart or clever people. They just went to law school and then said the right things. In some cases, won an election and became judges. They are religious zealots, the same as religious zealots in any other country. The fact that they're Christian does not make them cooler or more impressive than religious zealots who take their religious dogma and believe that it should stand in for law. Um, but that's what we have in America.
He said, um, Kellyanne, Putin was responsible for the death of Navalny. Um, we, we didn't hear that specifically from President Trump the other night. He said that he felt like he could sympathize um, with Navalny and the pressure that he's under based on the attacks that he has also felt in this country. But should he take a stronger stance against Putin and his role in this? Well, he certainly has been the strongest against Putin. Vladimir Putin annexes sovereign nations, Crimea 2014, or invades sovereign nations, Ukraine 2022, when Joe Biden is in the White House, not when Donald Trump is. He senses weakness. Okay, Donald Trump, toughest against Putin. That is what Kellyanne Conway, who clearly wants another job in the White House, is going to say. And bear in mind, she's responding to the, the, the fact that the host is pointing out that he literally still, to this day, has not mentioned Putin's role in the death of Alexei Navalny. He's so utterly weak when it comes to Vladimir Putin that he won't even say the guy's name. Like he thinks he's like the candy man or Beetlejuice or something. Don't get excited, Lauren Boebert. But um, she was making a case that historically he's stronger when it comes to Putin. Is that the case though? Here's a little walk down memory lane. Putin is now saying it's independent, a large section of Ukraine. I said, how smart is that? And he's gonna go in and be a peacekeeper. You gotta say that's pretty savvy. It's not that Putin is smart, which of course he's smart, but the real problem is that our leaders are dumb. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. This time, the greatest threat is not from the outside of our country. I really believe this. It's from within. It's the people from within our country that are more dangerous than the people outside. We can handle China. We can handle Russia. Yeah, so in every case, he's doing what Tucker Carlson now does, which is let Putin do whatever he wants, invade wherever he wants, kill whoever he wants, his political opposition, people in the countries that he's invaded, massive war crimes. We're not gonna do literally anything about that. In fact, I'll encourage him to do that, but somehow that makes me tough on him. I understand that I'm doing literally everything that Vladimir Putin would want me to do if he were in direct control of my actions, but still, toughness somehow, right, what do you think? Uh, no, Trump is not tough on Putin. Trump definitely doesn't understand international relations enough to take a smart position on it. So he vaguely goes with his instincts and his instinct is that people in his party do not want to intervene. America first, we care about America before we care about anything else. And then there's a bunch, I, I guarantee you there's a bunch of Russian bots out there that have been able to slightly, though not exclusively, convince everyone that Putin's like fine on their side. And those two things vaguely get into Trump's mind. And he's like, I don't know, the Democrats seem to hate Putin right now. So I can't hate Putin also. I'm gonna say some vague stuff that makes him just, I don't know, seem smart. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm gonna unlock a lot of the calculus of international relations for people. Okay, there is a club. There's a club out there called Former Empires and Current Empires. 
And there is a little something in those former empires that the new leaders of those empires are kind of tasked with. And that thing is to overtake the world again. And in Italy, it's it, there's a little of that. They're like, I don't know, we used to be big, but like they're like, they already had, they're like, you know, but like a lot of the countries, there's a little thing that when you talk to people from there, they're like, yeah, we used to rule this damn world. Mm-hmm. And so tr- that is the most apparent, and that comes and goes throughout history, but that is most apparent right now in Vladimir Putin. He wants Russia to be the Rus and just kill everyone everywhere until he conquers everything. And 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 that's his goal. And whether Trump's nice to him or mean to him, that's not gonna change his goal. Whether America intervenes or doesn't, that's not gonna change his goal. That's always gonna be his goal. And it takes a tactician, a diplomat, a strategist to be able to stop him from doing that. And I don't think Donald Trump's that guy. And I can't imagine someone who thinks he or someone like Tucker Carlson is going to be the brilliant tactician strategist who fixes the world on behalf of America. Yeah. Yeah. And I, look, I don't know to what extent Kellyanne Conway understands literally any of that. This She goes on Fox News to say that Trump is good. The exact same thing she did when she had a literal job to do that. She wants a job back. It, it means nothing. I mean, look, we can run through, we're gonna run through an example, a comparison of toughness. First of all, I just wanna remind you, Donald Trump's only comment about Navalny so far is he used it to talk about his legal troubles on True Social. And then when he was asked about it by Laura Ingram, he says, that the civil fraud trial judgment is a form of Navalny. That's it, nothing else, nothing about poisoning, nothing about the imprisonment, about Putin, about nothing, nothing. Um, But honestly, he's not the only utter coward who refused to identify what actually happened. Marjorie Greene was asked if Putin was responsible for Navalny's death. And she said, I don't know, I really could care less. I'm honestly not interested in that discussion, saying she only wanted to answer questions about the United States. And uh, Laura Trump asked about it, said she didn't know enough to comment on that, which maybe that's just honest, I don't know. But um, yeah, they can't identify what is indisputable at this point. But when it comes to toughness, let's talk about toughness through the point of view of sanctions. So you have Donald Trump, who was president, you have Joe Biden, who is president right now. Uh, Donald Trump signed Russian sanctions. He kind of had to, they'd been passed by Congress. He theoretically, I guess, could have vetoed it, might have made it look really bad if they've overridden his veto. So he signed it while criticizing it and saying that that makes things tougher for him as president. So in the one case where he signed these sanctions, and by the way, the fact that he signed those sanctions was often used by defenders of Donald Trump to be like, that's proof that there's nothing going on with Russia when he clearly didn't want to and he criticized it at the time, whereas Joe Biden, earlier today announced more than 500 sanctions to punish Russia after the death of Navalny. And so I don't see Biden desperately trying to stop that. I don't see Biden criticizing it. Joe Biden is critical of Vladimir Putin because Vladimir Putin definitely did it. And not just Navalny, so many people, protesters, tons of people being being killed not through uh, the Novichok or whatever, but by, by being taken and shipped to Ukraine to die in the meat grinder that he set up there. So thankfully there is someone who is at least financially standing up to this dictator. And that in this case is Joe Biden. Sorry, Kellyanne Conway. Quick final comment. No, that's it. Uh, no, I got it. That's basically everything I wanted to say about that. Apologies. And with the other thing is, I mean, last thing is like, Navalny wasn't dope. <laughs> But you can't kill your guy that's running against you.
Well, yeah, and look, you we don't again, we don't have to agree with everything that a person stood for to know that some of what he stood for was trying to provide some sort of inspiration and hope for people who don't want Russia to be a dictatorship. And he willingly went back there knowing on some level that it could likely result in his death. And it did, and that is a level of commitment to whatever values that are there that virtually no one in elected office in America possesses. Yeah, and the and the Trump side is essentially trying to, you know, this is the the one of the narratives that's come out that I agree with is the Trump side is just trying to prime us for like dictator. Okay, that's all. That's literally Tucker Carlson's mission statement for his show is, what do I have to say to get all of you to be okay with a dictator in America? That's it. Now, that's it. We're going to take our short uh, second break of the hour. When we come back, we need to take a look at Arizona, one of the most consequential elections coming up uh, later on this year. We're going to take a look at the state of it after this. Don Quixote says, if Brett zoomed from Japan, he could report from the future. That could totally be a segment. We're going to need some reports from the fields. But anyway, uh, thank you everyone who's still here for just joining us this late in the show. Please hit the like button. We've got one more story to close out our first hour. Let's jump into it. The Arizona Senate race is utter chaos combined with absolutely massive stakes for the country because you have potentially three candidates and here are the three candidates. And depending on how this thing goes, you could end up with getting a totally normal Democrat or one of the most transparently corrupt and dishonest politicians of the last few decades or a literal crazy person. And I will leave all of you to decide who I'm talking about in each of those cases. But what we do know, and there's a lot that we don't know, we'll get to that. What we do know is that recent polling gives some cause for optimism. Emerson College has been tracking this and they find that as of right now, Representative Ruben Gallego is leading by six points. So that's 36% to 30% for Carrie Lake and 21% for Kirsten Cinema, with 13% still undecided. So it's good that Gallego's leading, but there's more than enough undecideds that if they break for the crazy lady, then he could lose. But the, the lead is not large enough to truly feel comfortable because that's not even necessarily what the situation is going to be. And so as is so often the case, my anxiety is being primarily driven by Kristen Cinema, And not in this case what she's done, but what she refuses to do, which is make clear if she's running for reelection. And if so, in what form? Because the outcome could be slightly different if she decides not to stay in the race. If it's a head to head match between Gallego and Lake, Gallego's lead expands to seven points with 15% undecided. Still not a, an overwhelming result. But remember, Arizona was super close in the last election. This thing could come down to 10 or 20,000 votes. One extra percentage point of a buffer could end up being the thing that keeps Carrie Lake out of the Senate and voting on judges and giving speeches. And dear God, I can't even imagine it. But Brett, what do you think? How is this how it is? <laughs> how in God's name is this what's happening in America? Is it that it was so broken that that everybody was like, I don't know, I think we just need to throw a stink bomb in there. And that stink bomb was hit by lightning and some experimental ooze and that's <laughs> Carrie Lake. I think it's more that television and entertainment took over from actual civic understanding and desire for a sane life. People are just like so overstimulated that everything needs to be heightened. Um, I think if Gallego, uh, if Kristen Cinema gets out, I think that's a lot of people who are gonna go over to Gallego. I just don't see any way that Carrie Lake wins, period. I don't think that this is up for 
I don't think this is possible that she's going to be a senator. I I really hope not. I mean, look, she lost her last statewide election, yeah. but it was close. I will remind everyone, it was very close against Katie Hobbs. Um, if look, if Biden somehow gets trounced by Donald Trump, that potentially could be the difference right there. Now, I think Trump is likely to make things harder for Kerry Lake than they would otherwise be. He's generally a drag on candidates like this, but but she could totally end up winning. Um, and maybe it could come down to the third party thing. I don't know. What I do know is we within the next six weeks or so. We'll know what Kirsten Cinema is going to do because that's when there's a deadline. She has to file 42,000 valid signatures from Arizona voters by April 1st. That's six times the signatures required for candidates running with a party. So in this case, the option at that point, considering how long she's waited, is to be an independent candidate, a third party candidate. And she would have to do all that. She'd have to raise money and stuff like that. She apparently has had some trouble raising money, but she got so much in the past that she still has an eight figure campaign bank account. That is more than Lake and Gallagher combined, even though she's one of the most despised politicians in her own state. Um, a lot of her support comes from Republicans who given the choice, I would assume are going to donate to Carrie Lake instead. Um, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, for her being third now, that is not good. That makes it less likely that she will embarrass herself by entering the race. That's my take mm -hmm. on it. I mean, look, yes, if her goal is to win the race, you would think if you're in third, then don't do it. But if your goal is to deliver for your donors, which has always been her goal, maybe staying in could potentially throw things to Carrie Lake. And maybe she'll support policies that the donors will be more in favor of. Maybe she doesn't have to win to win. I don't understand what you just said. That didn't make any sense to me. Am I having a stroke? If her being involved in the race makes Carrie Lake even marginally more likely to win, and Carrie Lake does end up winning with her in the race, but would not have won if she wasn't in the race, then she could stay in the race so that the people who want Carrie Lake to win get what they want, even though Kirsten Cinema herself will not win. I just think Kirsten Cinema makes, makes sense, more right? money by entering the private sector early. I get. I mean, look. I think inevitably that's where she's well. going. But maybe she sets herself up for a, a better position. Remember, I, by the way, this I is just the think, same state. Let me put whoa, it this really way. fast. Really fast. This nope. is the same state where a businessman went to Carrie Lake and said, "If you drop out, we'll give you a plum position." So it's not like jobs are never bartered for positions in elections. Yeah, but she's yeah, she still thinks she can win. And for Kirsten Cinema, the only thing more important to her than it's more important that she not embarrass herself than she, you know, deliver for her donors. Maybe I would argue that she has often embarrassed herself, but you know, we obviously come at it from a different perspective, me and her. Anyway, with that said, that's all the time we have for the first hour. Thank you, everyone who's been listening on the podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For the rest of you, there's more to come in the aftermath, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 